Welcome back to part two of this special end-of-season collaboration podcast. In this section, we review the season and we hand out our end-of-season collaboration podcast awards. Oh yeah, if there are any lawyers from uh, BBC Five Live listening, our Defend the Indefensible round, nothing at all like fighting talk. Nothing at all. So it was a difficult start, of course. We were, I suppose, a little like a Formula One car, struggling, in other words, to be set up correctly for the, for the upcoming Grand Prix. What I'd like to know from you all now is... At what point did you think promotion was on, and what's the point that absolutely confirmed it and you knew it was on? So, Scott, over to you first for this one. I think definitely November. I think we'd obviously struggle for the first few months getting getting going. We'd had a, a couple of good runs, but it was that November when we started to put together was it six match winning run, something like that. And it was it was more the case of going to these away grounds like Oxford and Blackpool and Peterborough, and you know just brushing them aside scoring three four goals and that was also the point where Bradley Dak really started to come into his own so I, I guess that's the point when we, we lifted ourselves back into the, the playoff positions and so that's when I thought promotion was on the point when I knew it was on I think that was the Wigan match when we when we went 2-0 up I think that's moment the moment where we thought we're not just going to get automatic promotion we're going to win this league Obviously, credit to Wigan, they came in back into that match, um, but it, it was enough to show us at that point, come March, that, yeah, shows show we are starting to struggle. Wigan were also slipping up a bit at that point, so at that point, I think, onwards, we were all confident that we were going to finish in the top two. Tom, what about you? Um, I know Mike mentioned earlier on um, about the Bristol Rovers game, and I think that's when I, I thought it was on, simply because how poor we'd played and how we, we came back to win that game. I think the point that I knew it was on was when we beat Shrewsbury um, 3-1. I just thought at that point, I thought, this is a, a big blow to Shrewsbury, because if they would beat us, I think they'd have been about, I don't know, six, nine points clear of us. And I, th- I think that was the one where I thought, you know what, we're going to do this now. This is this is our, our promotion, and, and we're going to win it. Mike, what about you? Christ, Scott, steal my answer, why not? Crikey. Um, yeah, no, it's already alluded to it earlier. Uh, but yeah, certainly that Bristol Rovers game, it was a, a hallmark cliche of not playing well and winning. But there was a few games during that. I also remember that Charlton game where we won 2-0, where we were in effect very poor for quite large periods of the games, but still won. I think that's absolutely, to this day, the acid test of a good side is when you're having dodgy games and still grinding out the point. I'm surprised you didn't pick that game as the most impressive performance by an opposition player, actually. I think full credit to Leon Best for his exceptional headed effort. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think um, he deserves every last waking cry into the night that he gets for that one. But, um, <laughs> you know, those, those types of games, certainly that Bristol Rovers one, I thought this is, a, this is a, a side that is willing to battle to win points, which isn't something we've been able to say a lot in the last seven or eight years and yeah I don't want to piggyback off Scott too much here but certainly that Shrewsbury game that was a a psychological blow that Shrewsbury maybe didn't feel straight away because they seemed to bounce back immediately after it but but certainly that was a game where we sort of demonstrated to them look you know you might be putting in a good effort here but we're absolutely better than you and we'll do everything to prove it Mm. 
Michael, lastly? Yeah, I, I thought it was on when we beat Scunthorpe because I thought Scunthorpe were a good team and we had enough game management within the setup to be able to see out games like that, even though I thought Scunthorpe were a decent outfit. Uh, and then obviously to be conf- confounded by being beaten at home by Wimbledon just a few days later. But the moment at which I really knew it was on was that, as, as a lot of you have already said, that Shrewsbury game, because I think we just don't absolutely outgun them. It, it was almost trebled that feeling when we went 2-0 up against uh, Wigan really quickly. But of course, you know, we let that lead slip in the end. Mm, We did indeed. So this season, it's felt at times that we were slowly getting our Rovers back. And what I'd like to know next from you is who's your unsung hero, whether that's on or off the pitch. Tom, anybody you'd like to call out for special mention? Well, I've got to give um, a big shout to my dad. He was a steward that fell over um, <laughs> the advertising board against Portsmouth. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm sure you never mention it at family get-togethers, though. Never. <laughs> it was actually my um, granddad's birthday tonight before I came here. Went for a meal, and um, it was um, the topic of conversation um, there. So. Um, yeah, I'll give a, a special shout out to um, my dad. Um, but the social media team has been fantastic. I know you had um, uh, both Ryan Grant and um, Warren Lucy on um, in a previous uh, pod. Um, I think both of them have been a, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, um, I, I felt very disconnected from um, the club, especially in terms of social media um, over the past three three seasons. And they've really brought something back. The stuff that I'd personally change, um, but overall... I've got to give it to them because I think they've really been fantastic. Michael, from your perspective, unsung hero. Well, I'm going to I'm going to go for somebody a lot of fans have decided is a bogeyman, and that's Mike Cheston. Uh, I had the chance to have a really long chat to Mike, and I, I will confess I have known him for a long time from when he worked at Everton, and um, I went to a match with him there years ago. And actually, he's got the finances in good shape, as you discussed with Philip Lingard on the previous podcast. Actually, the Rovers behind the scenes is looking really good. They got. They got the high earners off the, um, off the off the wage bill. We've still got a big wage bill, but they've managed to operate within the resources that we've got. He didn't create the situation with the owners. He was nothing to do with it, but he's come in and he's done a, a really, really sound job. He also had to double up as being the MD, which I don't think he was particularly comfortable with, but he just strikes me as being a really honest sort of bloke. That's good. Scott, your unsung hero? Uh, maybe not so much unsung, because I know they've won the award for um, the best community team in, was it the league or, or the whole EFL? I'm not sure. But yeah, Rovers Community Club of the Year, which we wouldn't have thought we'd win something like that because of the you know fragmentation there's been for a few years. And there's been really that sense of a community coming back together. And that's been as a result of, you know, the team, you know, making sure the players are engaging in, in you know, in public engagements and all, all the kind of things like the, the event before Christmas, that, that brilliant, you know, night Ewood when all the kids were involved. Um, we get, we're getting our club back, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Mike, from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm carrying the jinx of going in last year, guys. You're covering all the good answers. <laughs> but um, other other than Tom's dad for that terrific uh, sort of triple tope with, with Flip on in the in the Portsmouth game, it's, it's really hard to look past uh, the social media team, I'd say. You know, I know they get 
a fair bit of credit already, but it really is almost difficult to comprehend quite how good a job they have from turning what was a very sort of, you know, maligned part of uh, of Rover's sort of interaction with fans into something that's very enjoyable. I, I found myself throughout the, the season looking forward to logging on, you know, during a lunch break at work to see what content they've put on and, you know, to, to seeing, you know, really what, you know, what <laughs> what sort of, initiative they've got in place because they just seem to come up with everything and it's very engaging it's very interactive and i think that does go a long way every little helps i think you're absolutely right it's uh, lots and lots of different elements we've had to battle on so many occasions in this difficult league we've seen some agricultural football not necessarily the term that michael used earlier which was probably more appropriate but who's caught your eye in the opposition ranks this season who is the opposition player you'd most like to sign in the summer michael well, I think Daryl Lenehan really needs to take his aggression out on somebody. So I'd love to see us sign Nick Powell from Wigan after his uh, absence in Daryl Lenehan's pocket in that Wigan game. But seriously, I think Powell's a quality player and I think he would uh, do quite well at Rovers. Scott? Yeah, I'm going to be controversial and pick Will Grigg from Wigan. Uh, maybe if only to stop him scoring next season because I think he's got a decent championship season in, in him now. Tom? Um, he's been mentioned... Um previously further um on the uh, the podcast but i'd go with uh, graham curry um he scored an absolute screamer at ewood um i think he's um, a really tidy player and mike i'm gonna have to pretend that uh, tom has not thieved my original answer <laughs> and uh, i shall go with one of our old former flames i would really like to re-sign uh, josh morris from scunthorpe that's not a name i expected to hear i have to say um... i'm i'm not one who likes to disappoint Okay, so as a bit of fun, this will resonate with anyone who listens to BBC Five Live's Fighting Talk on a Saturday morning. Yes, we're going to shamelessly rip off their Defend the Indefensible round. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you 20 seconds, and you have to defend whatever the proposition is that I give you, however painful, however outrageous, and however incendiary. Michael Dillap, do you want to go first on this? I do, and please don't full name me. I feel like my wife is cutting me off. (laughs) Well, this is a good one for you, so I'm just going to get the stopwatch ready. So, um, this is your Defend the Indefensible, and as I did say in the introduction, however painful, however outrageous. Here we Uh go. Bradley Dack should be sold in the summer, and the transfer fee donated to Burnley in order to help their European adventure. So you have 20 seconds, starting from now. Okay, Bradley Dack should definitely be sold in the summer. Uh, because he's absolutely going to throw a wobbler like his second season at Gillingham. He will be in destructive in our ranks, and he sh- all of the money should be donated to Burnley, because that lump sum of cash will make them implode from within, as a massive power struggle seems, sees Sean Dyche resign. Time's up! Implode, enter- oh! That's not bad, actually. That's not bad. That's pretty good. I'm, I'm going to give you sort of like a 6 or a 7 out of 10 for that. I think that, that's, uh, that's uh, good, honestly. I uh, literally just read it. <laughs> Tom, I'm going to call upon you next. Are you uh, are you ready to go with your answer? I am. Um... Promotion is grossly overrated. I'd much prefer to have remained in League One because that's where it's at. You have 20 seconds starting from now. Well, I mean, we lost all the time in the Championship last time, so who said it's not going to happen again? Um, I've enjoyed um, accumulating nine six points this season. 
Um, so who cares about playing in a higher league? It's all about um, winning football matches and um, watching us, you know, have a bit of success for once. So who cares about the championship? Time's up. I know that I don't. Whoa, absolutely spot on there. Pretty good. Pretty impressive, I have to say. Right. Pressure's on them, Mr. Taylor. You've got two, two good efforts beforehand. Your proposition is Richie Smallwood. He's not the king of Ewood. He constantly gives the ball away. And frankly, we should offload him in the summer. You have 20 seconds, starting from now. Richie Smallwood's been a soldier in our team. He's been a soldier in a team of artists and soldiers. But that is in League One. We're now going up into the Championship, where Richie Smallwood's last time in the Championship, he got relegated with Rotherham. So, frankly, thanks for everything, Richie. You've run through walls for us. You rarely give the ball away. But really, your time's up, and we need someone else who can hold on to the ball. Splendid. That was really, really good. Very good. And last now, Scott, I don't know how you feel about this when you see having gone after all these splendid attempts. But yours is, Gillingham's approach to fan safety is exemplary. The way they try absolutely everything to get a game on sets a new benchmark for the Football League. And you have 20 seconds on this, starting from now. Travelling six hours to the other end of the country is an occupational hazard as a football fan. Gillingham did everything they could to leave it to the last minute to get that game on, um, respecting fan safety. And, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to look at these clubs and think they don't have the money to afford Time's a proper up. stand. Very good. Well done, chaps. I think what we should do is when we broadcast this, we'll put a poll out and then people can decide who's won because I thought they were all really excellent efforts. So well done. Give yourselves a round of applause. So lastly, on this special collaboration pod, it's now our turn to dish out some end-of-season awards. And firstly, it's our very own Pod Pundit of the Year. We have some nominations, and starting with me. I said (laughs) after the Shrewsbury away game about one Bradley Dack, he's an elegant solution to a problem that we don't have. Tom, I believe you have offences to be taken into consideration. Well, I think mine beats yours, Ian. Um, I stated that um, we would win our last six games because I, I just couldn't see us dropping a point, and that was on the um, 1875 podcast um, a few weeks ago. Spectacularly <laughs> Well done, everybody. Um, Michael, anything you'd like us to consider? Yeah, back in October, I said after the Plymouth game, that was awful stuff. This division is where we truly deserve to be. The same ball lofted in towards the useless Danny Graham. Splendid stuff. Prescient. Almost prescient. Uh, Mr. DeLapp, uh, have you anything that you'd like to um, cast your mind back towards? I think we know where we're going with this one, folks. Uh, Back in May 2017, which in our footballing lives was... A long time ago, I proclaimed in our pre-season prediction podcast that we would finish second, and I was laughed at, scorned, and treated as a drug in humanity, and look at me now. So to decide the winner, I'm going to ask Scott to choose, as I don't think I have any of his indiscretions on file. That's not to say that necessarily he didn't make any, I just, I'm not aware of them. So Scott, are you going to play it straight, or are you going to embarrass one of us? Uh, I think we've got to pick on someone, and I'm going to choose our esteemed host Ian Herbert oh bless you and I'm I'm going to say Bradley Dack League One Player of the Year yeah I know we can leave it at that it's not one of my finest moments but uh, I actually was on the same row of seats at Shrewsbury away as Mr Taylor and uh, Bradley Dack that day was being played as a left winger and he wouldn't track back 
he just would not come back and I had it with him. And I was sort of saying, he's absolutely useless. Of course, then he stuck in the equaliser, didn't he? And since then, he's been absolutely astonishing. So, yes, I'll take that and I won't make any more predictions. So, on a more serious note then, uh, I'd like us to consider the most improved player of the season. So, Mike, who's your most improved player of the season? Crikey, there's been quite a few, hasn't there? I, I would, I've, I've actually had a very soft spot for Ryan Nayambe this year. Except he's still got an awful lot to work on, but considering his, his sort of, you know, his, his past failed attempts, I'd say, at breaking into the first team, I think he's been very proactive going forward. He's been a threat. He's been obviously he's a very pacey player as well. So yeah, I'd I'd, I'd give him the nod. Uh, I think he's certainly one we should be looking to hold on to and progress with as a club as well. Good answer. Difficult to argue against that one. I think Scott, from your perspective, I think it's got to be Elliot Bennett. I think with We've seen bits of him when we've been in the championship, but I think this season, albeit in a lower division, we've got a full, full-blooded full season out of him where he's just been passionate, consistent, and would run through brick walls for the club. So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing Benno again next season, really putting another good season in the championship. Yeah, uh, i endorse that one as well. Tom, from your, uh, your sight lines? Uh, Danny Graham. I expected a lot from him at the start of the season, simply because of well, the calibre of player that he is. Um, he really disappointed us. I know um, Michael said that um, he was useless, and to be fair, he was at the start of the season. But especially since Christmas, I think he's been fantastic. And his goals have, have really helped us on our way to um, securing promotion. Yeah, it's just got a little bit announced, I think, that uh, so many haven't. Michael, who, who from your perspective is our most improved player? I think the goalkeeper. David Rea has been the rock of our team this season. He's really pulled us out of the mire on a couple of occasions. His, his kicking's got better, his athleticism's fantastic, and I just love that sprint against Charlton uh, when, we, uh, when we finally sealed the win. Uh, so, yeah, David Rea, brilliant. And now, young player of the season. Scott, who's most impressed you of our younger contingent? Lewis Travis. I think he's really come to the fore. I was actually at one of the few at the Czech Trade Trophy match against Stoke City under-21s, and he stood out a mile that match. He was only playing right back, um, but since then, you know, he's coming to the first team and, and just shown that bit of quality, and I think we've got a star in our hands for the next few years if we can get him ingrained in the first team. Tom, who's your favourite young player of the season? Um, I'll avoid repeating Scott, cause I, but I, I do think that Travis has been excellent. Um, I'll go with Ryan Niambi. I know Mr. Delap named him as um, his most improved, um, but I think he's only about 21 years old. I remember uh, refereeing him, actually, at the under 18th level. I was on the line for him. So to see someone so young um, have such a positive impact on the side, um, I'll go with uh, Ryan Niambi. Mm, good call, good call. Michael, your nomination? It depends what you call young. When you get to my age, everybody's young. But let's not forget, uh, Daryl Lenehan's only 24. And he's got all the qualities of a real leader in that position. And, you know, I know he's not come, he's not, he's not a relative newcomer into the team in the way that Travis and Nuttall, those sort of players are. But he shows remarkable maturity for a player of 24 at the heart of the defence. Yeah, it was like, it, it's that cliche, isn't it? It's like a new signing when somebody like yeah. him who's been injured comes back into the side. Mike, your young player of the season? Mr. Taylor has just lip-serviced him. I've, uh, I know we've probably not seen as much of him as we imagine we might mid-season, but I've, 
I'd really like to see uh, Joe Nuttall come on a little bit as well. Uh, obviously, he's continued his uh, prolific goal scoring and in, uh, in the younger sides. But um, uh, what I did see of him in the first team, I thought he was a bit of an opportunist in the sense of being able to to spot situations to score and obviously poked one here or poked a couple in, I should say. But um, uh, yeah, I, I've I've really liked him. I've rated him, and he's my type of forward, shall we say? Uh, you know, he's he's got some scope to to improve and get better as well, realistically. And now, last of all, it's the most illustrious award, of course, our Collaboration Pod Player of the Season. If we don't have consensus on this, I think there's going to be quite an interesting debate. Tom, who's your Player of the Year? Well, I'm actually quite glad I'm going first, so I can't be accused of copying anyone, because I'm sure that everyone will pick the same person. Um, But Bradley Dark, I don't think you can look at anyone else. He has just been a revelation since coming in. And for the league that we're in... He's one of the, the, the better players I've ever seen at Ewood. Certainly is. Michael? Just for the sake of being contrary, I completely agree with Tom. Bradley Dack is the best player in this division and it's been a joy to watch him playing for Rovers this season. But for me, our player of the season is uh, Captain Fantastic Charlie Mulgrew. I mean, to score as many goals as he has, I know he missed a penalty on Saturday, but um, I, I just think Mulgrew's been immense this season. He certainly has. Yeah, he certainly has. It's, it's a measure of how good Dak is that uh, he, he's overlooked in, in so many of those uh, those kinds of awards. Mike, your nomination? Yeah, it's obvious, isn't it? I, know, I mean, he's, you've got to ask. Uh, he's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'd be silly if I didn't get to waffle on for a few minutes. But, um, I mean, let's face it, he's, he's actually. Bradley Dack is one of those players who just makes football look like a, you know, an easy jog around in the park rather than some sort of laborious hard work shift that his manager's asked him to do. And he's been absolutely a joy to behold to represent us this year. If I am going to go out on a little bit of a limb and suggest someone else that's not Bradley Dack, I would personally like to suggest Elliot Bennett, uh, just purely on the grounds that, although we, fair enough, he had a bit of a tough start and struggled to to find a a meaningful role in the side. I think ever since he had that little switch into central midfield against Shrewsbury Town uh, in January, I think he's been absolutely a a stakeholder and a key player in this club. And uh, he's really led by an example. And I think he's been a a driving force behind getting us over the line as well. Mm, Worthy of a mention, certainly, uh, in a season where we've had two or three outstanding individuals. Scott? Are you going to deviate or are you going to go with the the wisdom of the crowds? Yeah, let's give a shout-out for Richie Smallwood. Although there may be some validity in Michael's earlier argument about is he good enough for the championship, but for this league, I think he's been absolutely brilliant and everything we needed. And the moment which epitomised him, it was in one of those miserable home games where we were struggling to beat Northampton or Oldham at home. And he was being substituted after 60 minutes to change for an attacking player. But there was no sulking, you know, he sprinted as fast as I've ever seen anyone sprint to the touchline so that that substitute could be made as soon as, as quickly as possible. You know, he represents commitment and everything you want in a team player. And I think he's been absolutely key. He has, one of many. Thanks for that then, guys. There's some excellent nominations there. So there we have it. Uh, club record points, promotion back to the championship at the very first attempt, a packed Ewood Park seeing a final home league win and bringing back memories of just what it used to be like in the halcyon days of the Premier League. It's going to be an interesting summer and a very competitive season starting in what will be literally just a few weeks from now. That's all to come. 
But for now, I just wanted to say a very big thank you to all of our panellists tonight, and of course to Rich Sharp for recording a drop-in piece before he flew off to Las Vegas. So, Tom, thanks for coming over. Hope you've enjoyed it, but thank you very much for your contribution. Not a problem. It's been um, an absolute pleasure, and if you ever need an extra man, um, I'm always available. We're always looking to strengthen the squad over the summer. We can do some bilateral loan deals. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, great work once again with the fanzine, and thanks, of course, for dipping in digitally as well. And, of course, your singing on the Christmas special will never be forgotten. No worries, and thanks to you, Ian. You've been a, a brilliant host, as I think many of us will, will agree with. That's very kind, far too kind. I'll have to edit that out, of course. Michael, <laughs> a pleasure always to read your work, and always a, a stimulating panellist. Thanks once again for your contributions. No, thank you, Ian. Again, you can't edit this out, but this podcast has been absolutely brilliant this season. It's made being part of the whole Rovers fan experience, um, it's been the icing on the cake. Thank you, that's very kind. And lastly, the prediction machine himself, Mike. Come on then, where are we going to finish next season? <laughs> Something that ends in a two, maybe. Twelve? Uh, <laughs> yeah, 22nd. No, um, uh, I'd, I'd we're not finishing second are we let's face it but uh we'll we'll hopefully if we have a a nice sort of set up season maybe like a Sheffield United or a Millwall level season next season I think we can all be very pleased but I'd just like to echo everyone's sentiments I think you've been a an excellent host and this has been a very worthy addition uh to our Blackburn Rovers media spectrum and uh, and thank you very much for including me as part of it as well it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for your kind words so you heard it here first then folks place your bets now on us finishing in the league table either second 12th or 22nd i think that's uh, su- suitably or rather suitably ambiguous so thank you out there for listening to this pod and also listening to the 1875 podcast as well. If you haven't, then subscribe. I'm sure they've got some great content lined up for, for next season. I'm sure we'll be back next season. We'll give it another go. You never know, unless a, a better offer comes in from Football Weekly or Football Ramble. I guess you're stuck with us. 4,000 holes will be around next season. Scott's confirmed that, and I'm pretty sure that Michael will be blogging under the Marple Leaf uh, banner. So likewise with their written work, there's, there's plenty of great content out there. Have a great summer. And we'll see you in August, which will come around all too soon. Thanks once again. Royalty-free music used in this episode was sourced from www.bensound.com. Bar the Boncaster. Bonca- yeah. We'll edit Bar- that Don- out. <laughs> <laughs> Take Call two. Me, um... <laughs>